Hi there, fiber friends. Thanks for tuning into the Fiber Artist Podcast today. We are hardcore celebrating the holidays over here at Naroma Studio. So for the next week, until Wednesday, December 15th, we are giving you a free roll of macrame rope or string with the purchase of any three rolls. That's right, it's buy three, get one free, or buy six and get two free, and so on. Uh, you don't need a code, you just add the rolls to your cart and one of them will show up as free. This includes any rope or string from our super soft collection, Meridian cotton, recycled cotton, linen, jute, or metallic rope. Again, you do not need a code. It will be added automatically at checkout. So head over to neuromastudio.com to get that good fiber. And please don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a comment below. Ask anything you want. I will answer it. Um, and finally, my guest today is the talented and lovely Sierra Jones, the disco palm queen herself from the Juno Studio. There's so much I didn't know about Sierra before this conversation, which is one of the reasons I really love doing these podcasts. She, tell us, she tells us all about her military service. She shares about the sudden death of her mother and the unexpected downside of getting a little too popular. Going viral isn't all it's chalked up to be, people. Anyway, listen, I loved getting to know Sierra, and I hope you do too. Find her at The Juno Studio on Instagram and on Etsy at The Juno Studio. So without further ado, here's Sierra. Can you just start out and introduce yourself, your first and last name, and let people know where they can find you online? Okay, so my name is Sierra Jones, and you can find me on Instagram at The Juno Studio. All right. Um, and uh, website? Um, right now I have Etsy, so mm -hmm. that is the Juno Studio too. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm so excited to get to talk to you. I was doing some uh, stalking on Instagram uh, a couple of days ago, just going through <laughs> your feed, and like I remember um, when I first sort of uh, found you, and um, and it's fun to take a look at the history um, and watch okay. it take a transition from like, I mean, you were always like very pretty colorful. I think your first few posts mm -hmm. were all neutrals, but then, um, you know, you yeah. always played around with color, but then there's this point where you, yeah. it, where it becomes like this party explosion. So I'm excited yeah. to like get, get to know about your background and um, how you found fiber art in your life. And um, yeah, let's go from there. Okay, cool. Okay, so Cindy, so in the beginning, I'm not sure um, some people know this, but I started out like making clay dishes. Oh, I did um, not know this. Yeah, um, that's my old business. I don't do it anymore. Um, and I started that when I was active duty. So that was just like something, you know, something fun to do after work. So... Okay, this I also didn't know. So talk about this too. I want to get into all of it. Maybe we should start earlier okay, than all of so... this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I actually, I was in the military for seven years. Wow. I deployed twice to Afghanistan and Turkey. And it was definitely an experience I'm happy I had. Um, I was really young. I didn't know what to do. I was working at McDonald's, and my dad recommended um, Air Force. I was in the Air Force. Okay. So I was just like, yeah, I mean, why not? 
I don't have anything else to do because I had dropped out of school. I was going to school for architecture at Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was there for a semester and I did not like it. So I left. And then fast forward to working at McDonald's and then Air Force for seven years. And I didn't, I liked it in the beginning, like serving and Air Force, but I started not to like it. How old were you when you enlisted? I was 19. Okay, so you were so young. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so tell me about the process. Like, this is something that is actually, I'm really foreign to the process of the military. Um, Somehow I've been sheltered from it. Um, I mean, I know there's a couple months of boot camp, right? And then, like, do you get to specify what area that you'd like to go into? How does that all work? So you can, and they try to, so I enlisted, you know, I went to the recruiter and everything, um, and you have to take this test called the um, ASVAB test, and that's how they place you in a job they think you'll be good at. Um, I honestly don't remember the jobs that were on that test. I just picked one, and it was um, aircrew flight equipment. I basically packed parachute and um, inspected um, like survival gear, like their helmets, their masks, everything. Okay. So that was my job. Very much attention to detail, very hands on. Yeah, and so like, much. It's like, um, and if oh god, that's a lot of pressure. That that's what I'm, it makes yeah. me think of. Like, oh my god, this is so much pressure. If anything goes wrong, this is like my fault. Yeah. And are there a lot of people checking your work or like how does that is there like a whole line of people checking or is it just you? So there was uh, they call it QA and QA will come behind you after a certain amount of steps that you took so you can proceed, especially with packing a parachute. There's a lot of like um, tackings, like knots to tie and just like making sure each flap in the parachute, there's no holes in it. And things like that. And then um, eventually I became QA. Uh (laughs) So I was checking behind people and making sure, you know, everything was good. And we do have a checklist too. So that makes sure that helps us, you know, stay on track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So then how how long were you doing that? And um, at what point were you deployed? Yes. So uh, my first appointment, so I had this job for the whole like seven years I was in. And then um, my first appointment, it was probably about a year or two after I joined. I was so scared, Cindy. I was so scared. So um, the one of like our bosses, our NCOs came in and she was like, Sierra, you're deploying. And I was like, what? Like I just got here. So usually they don't do that. They don't um, send off a three level. That's what I was. You have to be like a five level or above these days. So I was a three level on my way to get my five level. And they were just like, you're going. And I was just like. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Um, Wait, can can I interrupt you? So when you're sort of in training and you're going up the levels, where are you located Mm -hmm. at this point? Are you, like, on a base somewhere in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. I was here in Georgia. It was um, 
Moody Air Force Base. Okay. That's my first and only base I've ever um, been stationed at. Okay. Yeah. And what does the day-to-day look like? Like, are you are allowed, do you leave whenever you want? Or is it like you have a set schedule when you're on base mm-hmm. and doing, checking all the equipment and all that stuff? How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a basic, well, I work 7.30 to um, 4.30. And you have like an hour, hour and a half lunch sometimes. So, like, in the beginning of the day, if there's, you know, a task like packing parachutes or, like, a training, we did a lot of training. And um, so we would start our day with, you know, everyone together, and they would just task us with what they needed us to get done that day. And then we'll go on lunch and then come back and hopefully finish. Um, Sometimes things take like packing a parachute, sometimes it can get done in one day, but sometimes it can take like two days. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it takes so long. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot. So really, it is it is literally taking up your whole day in order to pack. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And then uh, we also packed um, life rafts too. And that was a whole thing because once we blew it up, it had to sit for... I think like four or five hours to make sure no there were no air leaks. Uh huh. So that was really lengthy too. Wow. Okay. So then you're you're eating and doing everything on base. You're sleeping there. So in the beginning, I was. So when you first get on base, you are living in the dorms unless you're married. So if you're married, um, you can automatically move off base. And you have like your um your housing allowance and everything like that. Um, I was single, so I was in the dorms, which is kind of like college vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get to enjoy that when I was in college, so that was definitely a lot of fun. And there's like um a laundry room. There's a they call it DFAC, which is the cafeteria. So you get food for free. Um, the hospital is on base too, so. Everything is there. You don't have to leave, like, for the necessities. Like, there's a grocery store, gas station, everything on base. Okay. So everything is there for you. Wow. Um, Okay, I'm going to go back a little bit. You said that you didn't get to enjoy, like, dorm life when you were in college. Were you you not in a dorm or you just didn't like it? I didn't like it. No, you didn't. I didn't like the girls. (laughs) The girls I was rooming with. Um, we were all very different. Um, I think one of them was from, um, like, I don't know, Argentina or something. And then another girl, I think she was just from, like, North Dakota. And then there's me. And I had just separated from my twin sister. So I was, like, very, oh, like, awkward and quiet. Yes. I was so awkward and quiet. And I was just so out of my element. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Right. And Boston like, is so different, I'm sure, from... Um, from where you are in Georgia. And honestly, yeah. freshman year is really hard, I think, for everyone. You are thrown yeah. into just a sea of people and sometimes the personalities don't match and it's like, it is really yeah. tough. Huh. I, cu- I couldn't mm-hmm. have been more opposite my my freshman year roommate. Like She was Asian and that was like the one thing that I guess was supposed to make us similar, but we were the total mm-hmm. polar opposites. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot. But they threw us in a room, it was me and the two other girls, and we were like in the same room, like three of us, 
And then it, we were like in a pod, I guess. Mm-hmm. So outside our room were other girls in their little rooms. And it was just a lot. It was too yeah. much for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you came back enlisted. Then you get deployed, um, would you say two years after? Uh, after you About enlisted? Two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how long were you there? It was, so was this Afghanistan or um, Turkey? Uh, Afghanistan. That was my first one. Um, so that one was six months. Okay. Six months long. Um, we stayed in dorms too. And that we had roommates and everything like that. Our hours were 12 hour shifts. Oh, wow. Yeah. 12 wow. hours. And did you leave base at all? Like, did you get to see any of Afghanistan? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. <laughs> Do you like, I know, I don't mean like sightseeing, but like, do you see the people, like the locals? Do you interact with locals at all? Or I don't don't mean like, are you going to restaurants and shopping? (laughs) No, no. Um, We did see them. They worked in the cafeteria for the most part. And like, um, I think that was the only place we saw them. Like, and there was, like, a bazaar. Uh-huh. You know, they did have, like, little shopping and, like, knockoff stuff you can buy. Um, yeah. That's the only time we saw them. Okay. Uh, and, how, and how were you feeling uh, at the time? Like, what were you thinking? Were you scared? Were you just along for the ride? Were mm, you – was there anxiety? I don't know. Anxiety. Yeah. They, yeah, because all you see on the news is like people getting killed right. and like bombs, and so we had to carry twenty four seven. We all were assigned our own weapon. Um, it was like a a pistol, and it was on our waist, like at all times. So we went to bed with it. We walked around with it. Um, it was really intense. Especially, I think I was like 20. I turned 21 out there. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I turned 21. And I also um, tested for my five level out there. And luckily, I passed because that was just a lot. <laughs> you say that like you were unsure that you should have. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I was. I got a C. So okay. That's passing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you're yeah. sleeping with a gun. They should let you pack a parachute. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so are you literally See, sleeping with like, it on your uh, on your person? Like you have to sleep with it on? So it was next to my bed. I didn't sleep with it on. Okay. Um, I mean, that sounds dangerous and but, painful to sleep with it on. Girl, it was. Uh oh, hold on, I lost you. Oh, are you there? Okay, yes. Did I cut off too? Okay. Yeah, I didn't see you. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. What were we talking about? Oh, I was sleeping, um, sleeping with guns. <laughs> oh, no, I lost you again. Okay. Cindy. Am I back? Oh, we're back. Yes. Yes, I see you. Okay, so, okay. yes, yeah, so you are very anxious at this point in time. Um, did it feel like that time in your life went by quickly? Like, while you were there like when you think back at it um or is it like in the beginning it went really slow okay it went really slow um but towards like that third month it was just like okay i got this like you're in a rhythm you go get your breakfast you come to work 
you leave to go get lunch. And the people I was with, like the my shop I was with, um, I was the only girl. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was like I was with my big brothers. So it was a lot. Um, I felt protected, definitely. Oh, that's good. Um, yes. But, um, oh, my goodness. Like, thinking back on it, I'm just surprised I did it. Right? I mean, aren't you impressed with yourself? I'm so impressed. Even when you, like, I wasn't Thank even thinking you. about that part, that the fact that you're the only girl. Um, I mean, all of that, I just feel like it's, um, yeah, it's incredible. You're badass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you felt protected, but did you also feel, I mean, also being the only girl, is that something you are kind of used to having? Do you have brothers? No, the sisters. Okay. I have my twin, and then I have um, my little sister, which was from another marriage from my dad. Okay. Um, but I grew up, of course, with my my twin. So yes, only girls. Girls. Wow. Around. So was there never was there a point at, at where you were ever uh, fearful that you were only surrounded by men? No. No, oh, that's good. That's so good didn't. to hear. We had very close knit because. You know, like backtracking before the deployment, um, the guys that I worked with, like we were so close. Like we would go out on the weekends, we would have barbecues at their house. Like it was just such a um, family. Vibe. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's yeah. wonderful. Okay, so you do that for six months, come back to the States, um, yeah. and then what happens? Um, so I moved off base. They let me move off base after that. Um, I got a new car, Cindy, because mine was just... Good for you. <laughs> they, do, uh, they do pay more. They pay, like, hazard duty pay and, like, something else. Um, I forget how they do it, but you do get paid more when you deploy. Um, so my car was just, like, acting up. So I was like, I'm not putting any more money into this car. I'm going to go get a new one. And that's the car I still have. Um, and then, honestly, you know, you get like a week or two off after coming back. And then if you want to take extended leave, you can do that to see family. Um, and then it's just back to work. Mm. Regular stuff. Yeah. Okay. And then how long were you back before you had to get – before you got shipped out again? Um, I think it was like – Two years. Okay. Another two years. And is it the whole time you're sort of with the same group of people where you're coming back together and going back out together? Oh, well, my second group was different um, because they do PCS. Uh, they go to another base. Okay. Um, so we don't stay together forever, which is sad, but um, we do get new people in and we train them up and – they're ready to deploy. Okay. So my second group was different. Um, and that deployment to Turkey was way chiller. Ah. Uh, we did not have to carry a weapon. It was kind of like we were in the States. Nice. So, well, I, yeah, I've heard that, that about cool. about Turkey in general. Obviously, there wasn't like an active war in that country at the time, right? Mm-hmm. My dog is barking. Is that too loud? Um, yeah, I guess maybe I close the door. door. Yeah. One second. <clears throat> Let me see. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. I know. Mine's over here sleeping in the corner, just waiting for her to get impatient. Yeah. Mine were sleeping. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. So you're in Turkey and you stay there. How long do you stay there? Six months. Okay. Six months again. Okay. So then you come back to the States after that and what happens? So this is a, how long, Uh, how long are you in the military at this point? I think it was like five years at this point. Um, And then came back home and I think that was when I was starting to realize that it wasn't for me, Mm -hmm. like the constantly going, because even though, you know, deployments come about every two years, there's still like those little trips in between stateside. Uh So, you know, little like a week in Florida, a week in Las Vegas, a week. This It was just a lot of traveling. Um, it was really fun in the beginning, but it's just like, go, 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 go. And I'm just like, can I chill for a minute? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and what are you doing when you're traveling? They're just having you do the um, same thing, like while you go out there? Same thing. Like training different, same. just training different people? So, um, when we, like, I think it's kind of like the same as when we deploy, um, we're just doing our job, but not so much packing the parachutes, we're more so inspecting masks, Mm. and like their harnesses they fly with, and like the smaller things, because packing parachutes can be so lengthy, um, we only have to pack, pack those, I think, every year, unless they're deployed. Okay. So um, the harnesses and the mask and the helmet, that's every 30 days we have to um, inspect it. Okay. Um, And have you yourself ever jumped out of a plane? No. You haven't? (laughs) No. I had the opportunity to, but just seeing the people come back and it's just like, why would you want to do that? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Why would you want to do that? Oh my, like some people like get sick and some people just come back disoriented, like regular people like me, not pilot, mm-hmm. like volunteering to fly. And I'm just like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I did it one. I did it my senior year of college, um, you know, Same with thing. like, a, with like a group, you know, a group of kids and like, um, mm-hmm. I did it and I did not enjoy it. But the thing is, because I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie, like I love I kind of love doing okay. stuff like that. But um, I didn't enjoy it at all because my ear, my head got filled with so much pressure. And so it was painful. And I, because I was in the middle of the sky, I like it, you know, <laughs> it was like, you know, your tandem or whatever. I didn't think to like, yeah. blo- to get the pressure out by like blowing my nose and holding my nose um, and blowing. Like I just sat through the pain. It was like, ow, 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 ow the whole time. <laughs> so then I know I didn't get to enjoy any of the whatever any of the scenery or like the crazy feeling of falling it was just like my head felt like it was going to explode the whole time and then my my husband my husband did it we you know this is before I met him he did it and the guy who was he was tandem with kept spinning them around over and over because he thought it was fun and my husband threw up on him (laughs) in (laughs) midair so funny so he's like nope never want to go again (laughs) No, no, no. So funny. I was like, I bet that guy learned his lesson. Yes, that's what he did. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh, but I digress. Okay, so let's get back on track. Um, okay, so okay, how, so then you're in for seven years. Are, is that what the requirement is? Seven years of service. I signed up for six. Okay. Um, and then I was unsure at my sixth year. Am I ready to go? I don't know. Um, and you can um, add on one year because usually when you like re-enlist, it's like four or six. Okay. And you have a year of like a grace period to decide. And I took that year and I was still working everything like normal, but it was just a time for me to really be sure if, you know, I really want to do this. And I was ready. Like at that year seven, I was ready to just go. Yeah. And are you living like by yourself at this point or are you with with someone or parents or siblings or what are you doing at this? At that point, I was still like I'm in the same house I've been in like forever, like mm-hmm. five years or so. Um, at that point, I was with my boyfriend and we were living together um, and he was like totally supportive, still is. We're not together now, but we are still very much close. That's cool. um, but he supported me in that, and I was just like, "Let me just go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what were you thinking? What it? What was your next step? Like, get just get, Honestly, uh, getting another job. You know, this is like a you know, this is like this turning point in your life where you're saying goodbye to something you just did every single day, like every all of your waking hours for seven years. So, what were you thinking? Yeah, that was definitely my first, like, big girl job. Yeah. Like, a career. And um, I left thinking, so I was still doing Etsy with um, my ring dishes. Um, And that was honestly bringing in, like, a good chunk of money. I was actually, because it was more so tailored to, like, brides, you know, because how I did everything was very, like, neutral and white and lacy and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And uh, that money sustained me. And on top of my um, savings, I had. So I did look for a job. Um, Nobody hired me. And Mm then um, my friend, she was actually a virtual assistant for like a ribbon company in California because she was a spouse, military spouse. And she was like, come help me, like work with me and stuff. And I was like, okay, so I did that part-time, and the money was good because, you know, the company is in California. So she was paying, like, $17 an hour, and I was like, okay, I can do this. And um, honestly, it was fun, but that experience made me learn, don't work with your friends. Yeah, yeah, I know. That that part's tough. (laughs) Yeah. So I stopped doing that, and she understood. Like, she's super – I love her. But – um. I had to leave because my mental wasn't good. Yeah. And it was a lot of work. Um, And then I just chilled. Um, And at this point, Juno was in the uprising. (laughs) Juno was definitely in the uprising. I started actually selling my fiber art. I started with macrame. So I started with that first. And I tried to merge it with Sierra J. Co. Um, And... It was just kind of like, I know some was, people do it like. Sierra J. Co. was mm-hmm. your, the cer- ceramic, was it ceramic ring dishes? It was polymer clay. A oh, polymer, okay. Mm-hmm, Got it, mm-hmm. okay. Um, 
Yeah, I started to merge it, but it didn't really go. It didn't really match the vibe. Yeah. And honestly, I was thinking back on, um, like, I'm catering to a niche of people, and I've never been a bride. Like, I've never been married. Like, how? It's not even me. <laughs> so And all white. Know, like, like, all the yeah. visually, right? It's like, cause yeah, you're it so full so of color. Plain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so plain. So I was just like, something has to change, but... How I got into fiber art, um, I've always looked at it and seen it. Like, oh my gosh, like who were my favorites? I loved um, Luna in Black, but she is, I forget what her name is. She changed it to The Woven Hand. Yes. Yes, Kat. um, She's great. Not Today, Cheyenne, and then Nova Mercury, Mm -hmm. of course. Yes, Jen. So I was just looking at them and I started getting intrigued with fiber art but I never really like jumped in um but then uh I think it was three years ago I think it was like a year I think it was the year I got out my mom passed away oh I'm so sorry and yes she passed away and now it's just like I I didn't want to deal with clay I didn't want to make because making for me is very therapeutic. Like mm-hmm. I love to like, um, like work my like work with my hands and like escape into what I'm working on. Um, and I was just like, I'm gonna try fiber art. <laughs> so, I think the first YouTube tutorial was. Oh man, she doesn't sell um, or make anymore. I forget what her YouTube was, but. Um, she was selling chunky, that chunky 12mm, and I fell in love. <laughs> so I bought some from her, and I was just making just to make for me. At this point, I wasn't dealing with CRJ, so that shop was on vacation. Mm-hmm. I was just having fun doing something new, and like just the touch of the fiber was just so comforting. Especially so, that chunky, the chunky stuff is also yeah. it's so soft and fun to play I with. I love it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I started. Like with, um, I started with macrame and YouTube. Yeah. And then I found you. Oh, nice. And <laughs> I was just like, look at all these colors oh my gosh so well I'm putting I'm trying to put all the pieces together and it's occurred to me that you know you originally had gone into architecture um out Mm -hmm. of high school so you've been create like you've had a creative mind and been a creative person it sounds like for a while um and even with the polymer clay things um so I don't did you find that you sort of picked it up quickly and and kind of started running with it uh, macrame? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of it. Uh, I feel like I did. Um, because gr- growing up, me and my sister, we made the friendship bracelets. I feel like the knots are pretty similar yeah. to that. Um, and I don't know. It was just, I just, I was so motivated to learn that I was just like watching everything I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started like getting into weaving. Um, and then that was a whole nother world because the fibers just like multiply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, they do. It was overwhelming. 
thing, definitely. But I was just like, I just love this like so much more than the clay. Because you have to bake the clay, you have to be near an oven and all this stuff. Make sure everything was like lint free. It was just so like, oh my gosh. So Right. So you're making um, this transition just just at, at like at the time of your mom's passing? Mm-hmm. Did did she die suddenly or was it something you guys were prepared for in some way? No. I was actually on my way to go see her. I was packing my bags and, and um, she was in a car accident like <sighs> a week or two before. Um, and she like broke her leg. So she was home at this point. And I guess it was just like um, – high blood pressure like the doctors didn't catch or like a blood clot I don't know I didn't look at the um the death certificate because I was just like no I don't want to look at that Mm -hmm. Uh, my sister has it but it was just it was very sudden we had like no idea because like I said I was on my way to go see her like that day until like there was no answer when we were calling her so my grandma, she um, sent somebody or called the apartment complex, and she just passed in her sleep. Like, we, have, we had no idea. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was so sudden. So, yeah. I feel like I'm still um, processing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, for sure. But, um her service was just really nice, um, low-key, and me and my sister wore pink because that was her favorite color, Aww. and it was uh, surreal, you know? So, yeah, because really out of I the blue. I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, I know. I'm Not that it's good when you can prepare when it's a slow decline with people, but yeah. you know, it's there's it's it's it feels like it's different, you know, when you just are yeah. completely completely unprepared for something like that to happen. Definitely, definitely, and that was like the first um, passing we've dealt with like close to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, like me and my sister, just think of it as like she was on here on this earth to raise us mm-hmm. and we're fine so you know she was ready to go and i'm happy it was in her sleep right like, peaceful so if so anyway fun. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so we like to think of you know the good part of like this whole situation um but we are super lucky she was like the best mom ever so. oh was she creative? We're lucky to have her. She loves fashion. Oh, nice. <laughs> she loves fashion. She loves, like, just extra, like, bling and just, like, clothes everywhere. She would have loved your disco palms. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She was just so, like, like everything. But, That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. All right, so I guess back to the fiber journey. So then you're playing around with macrame, playing around with weaving. Um, I guess what happens happens next? So when I first started making, all I saw was neutral colors. Mm -hmm. All I saw was like, um, I don't know. 
it's just you know everyone likes that cream color and i'm just like okay let me get some cream <laughs> um but as i was making with it it wasn't exciting me like i found it boring yeah um so the colors I was just like, let me get like onesie twosie. Let me start with like, you know, the mustard or like the um, dark purple. Um, so that's what I did. And I just found like working with the color was so much more fun to me. And with macrame, the process can be long. Like that's a lot of knots. And for me to look at this cream color for like an hour was just so awful. <laughs> I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> One hour, try like 12 hours on some pieces, right? <laughs> yes, just working on a piece in general with um, neutrals was not for me. Mm-hmm. So I um, started getting the colors. And then I kind of started wanting to think functionality in the pieces that I do make. Um, so then came like, I think only one person bought one. It was like a pom-pom with like a wooden ring on it. And you could put like the essential oil on the wooden ring and just sit it on your desk. It was Mm -hmm. so cute. And then um, the macrame spear holder. So I wanted to make pieces you can use, but also they're super cute. So I started thinking like that. Like what can I make that's not just pretty? you know yeah so form and started. function yes exactly mm-hmm. yeah so i started thinking that way and then i was just i just um didn't want to look like everybody else is that bad to say no no not at all i think that's the ultimate okay. goal i think everyone is striving for that ultimate goal is to find their voice with what they're creating. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's hard because it takes a lot exactly. of experimentation and trying other people's styles before you kind of land on your own. I mean, I think it's all part of the process. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion in the community about copying and things like that. And yes, it's annoying when somebody copies your piece f- fiber by fiber and not by not. And, you know, but I, I, even now I still see and it is yes I'm I'm like I can't discount that it is a yucky feeling that you get when you see that someone did that they took the effort to like dissect every single knot and even go do it in the same colors and all this stuff and it is it's like it you get that icky feeling but it's all part of their process too I, I at least from my perspective where I sit now I can see that and I didn't always used to be able to um when you're in it it just feels so shitty um yeah. but yeah I mean I think that's in order for ed- everyone to find their style and their voice and um, and their perspective, they have to start by trying other people's stuff. And then they can look yeah. at it and go, what what can I do differently in that? And did I enjoy that? Do I love the, do I love the final piece? Does it speak to me? But it's all part of that mm-hmm. big process that actually takes a while, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so yes, you're back to, back to you wanting to not be, the same as everybody else. Um. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so how did I do it? So, okay, fast forward, you know, I was starting to make pieces that were more um, functional and pretty. Um, but 
but then I think like after that big boom of support black businesses um and I had like so many orders it was so overwhelming that time um I had this one piece it was a macrame piece I think you featured it it was that mustard with the uh, um, clear quartz crystal in it um Mm -hmm. a lot of people loved that piece so, you know, I was making, like, different color versions of it and also making, like, macrame minis um, and everything like that. So I was tying a lot of knots, and I kind of not fell out of love with it, but I just wasn't motivated to make Yeah, yeah, you get, bur- you so get burned out. Macrame. Yeah, and you get burned out from making mm-hmm. the same thing over and over and yeah. over again, you know? I totally get that. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I uh, don't really macrame anymore for um, like to sell. I can, I'll do it like if I you know for myself or for my house or any, something like that. Um, but like the lengthy projects, I just don't care to. And of course, like you know, after spending so much time with a piece, I want to keep it because <laughs> I just spent so much time with it. I become attached. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's how I was feeling with macrame. And, um, with that, I started making like the pom-pom car hangers. Mm -hmm. Now those are so popular. Like a lot of people like, it's so simple, but a lot of people loved that product. Um, and I loved it too, like a pom-pom, I think it was my second or first pom-pom product. And... You know, everybody loved it. It was so fun. It was like a diffuser, too. Like, you put oils on it, too. Nice. Um, and I don't know how. I think, you know, after that big boom of, like, support black business, I after the orders were out, I just stopped making, in general, um, to sell, like, Etsy-wise. Mm. And I was just focusing on what do I want to take out? What do I not want to make anymore? And what do I want to make? Right. Generally speaking. Um, Right. So was this? I just wanted to create things. I'm trying to think of the the timeline when all this was happening. Then this was like, um, was this during the pandemic? I feel like that was like June of last year. That, uh, I guess when like when everything happened with George Floyd protests and, um. I want to say June, May or June of last year, right? During, like in the middle, middle of the pandemic when we're all stuck in our houses and not knowing what to do. Okay. Yeah. So you're going through exactly. that at this point. And this yeah. is not long after your mom passed. Is that? No. Yeah. Sorry, you're yeah. frozen. You're a little bit frozen. Your yeah. video is frozen. Hold on one second. Um, okay, you're back. Um, so you truly... I'm just trying to put myself in your position at this point. Like you're probably, I'm guessing, and you can confirm or not confirm, um, that you're super overwhelmed with orders while also being grateful that you have them, but also not processing your mom's death at all. And because you're like really just thrown into it all, right? All at the same time. It's all going on at the same time. Yeah. 
all at the same time. Wow. It was um, it definitely me transitioning from active duty and having a steady paycheck um, to not. And then also me attempting to go to therapy over my mom and not liking that. Mm-hmm. So I left. <laughs> um, Cindy, let me get this dog. Okay. No problem. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a lot at once. And thinking back on it, it was a lot. Um, definitely crying from overwhelm, mm-hmm. crying from not having enough money, crying from mom not being here. It was very overwhelming. Um, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. And then in in the middle of the pandemic, are you alone or are you still with your boyfriend at this time or is anyone with you? Mm -hmm. Okay. So he, so I was alone when I found out my mom passed, he was deployed. Um, And I think at this point he was deployed too um, during the pandemic. Mm. And so him coming back was very much delayed because of everything going on and needing to get tested and all of that. Um, so at this point I was by myself, I had my, my night here, my dog, um, which is why he is so special to me. This dog has been with me through everything, like everything. And he met my mom and my grandparents, which they're no longer here. And that's like night is my baby. (laughs) I know the feeling. Dogs are the best. I every night I hug my dog and I'm like, you guys are the best little creatures in the world. They really are. Yeah. Yes. So blessed to have him. But um, yeah, at this point I was by myself, um, just trying to. And also, um, Stephen, he was very much um, financially supportive of me. Mm. He made sure I had the things I needed. And, like, he was so good with that. Um, but, yeah, it – what was I – so he came home, and he ended up, like, helping me with some of these orders and stuff um, to the best of his ability. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what else? I ended up having to get, like, um, a virtual assistant because, like, these people were angry. They oh, didn't get really? Stuff. When, um, like, people were canceling orders. People were opening up cases against me <gasps> oh, on no. Etsy. And, like, my virtual assistant at the time, she was just my, my peace and my calm and she took care of all the messages because I just needed to focus on making and getting yeah. things out. Like if people wanted a refund, then I just gave it to them because honestly, less orders for me to make mm-hmm. at that point, I did not. Um, but yeah, she was definitely amazing. Um, yeah, and then after that whole storm, um, you know, I started looking for part-time job or something 
because I didn't want to make as much mm-hmm. after all of that. Man, um, that's so tough because it's it's such a weird, conflicting feeling to have because it's like you would think that would be the ultimate goal is to be so busy with orders that you, you know, because then it, your finances are a little bit more secure. And um, but it's overwhelming. And I think this is the side of the, the maker life that a lot of people don't appreciate and understand. Yeah. Exactly. And also to it for it being tied to um, the support black businesses and things like that. It's like there's I bet there's I mean, you tell me, is there like there's like guilt attached too, where you're like, I want to do the best I can and be a spokesperson and do all this stuff. But you, you can't nobody you can't do it all, you know, exactly like like being like a one woman show and um, fulfilling these orders and also being like in the spotlight um was definitely a cool and weird experience yeah um yes i loved all the orders and recognition but i would have much rather that at like a steady pace mm-hmm. and not just like a big boom yeah. in my face yeah <laughs> um, yeah um um but yeah I definitely grew from that experience. I I do believe that every experience is um, something to learn from. Um, and I did. I learned a lot. So I'm thankful for it. And I'm happy it's over. So. Can I ask you a logistical question? Um, mm-hmm. We're when you realized you were having this windfall of orders, um, did you end up having the, um, did it occur to you at the time to like extend your lead times and put all of that in your Etsy or were you, because it was so new, like, did that not occur to you? I, what did I do? At that point I shut my shop down. Okay. So all of this happened in a week's time. God, that's so in crazy. A week's time, yeah, I had about a hundred to two hundred orders, and when it happened in the middle of it, I extended my time, um, and it still didn't help. Wow! <laughs> didn't help yeah. So that was why I needed somebody to talk to these people. So that's why I hired, you know, the virtual assistant. Yeah. How did you find your virtual assistant? I put up something in my stories and I also put like, like help wanted or something. And then I put something up on my personal Facebook page Mm -hmm. looking for somebody. Um, And it was cool because it was just like a few, like, she checked in with me like morning and night and let me know like the certain orders that are like pressing, pressing, whoever wanted a refund. And I just, I gave her all like, all, what do you call it? Freedom to mm-hmm. just talk to them. And, um, but yeah, she reached out to me and she was like, Oh, I can help you. And she, I think at the time she was like a stay at home mom. She was perfect. Honestly. Oh, she that's was so, so good. great. And you, was she a stranger? Like complete stranger? We met in a Facebook group, like okay. a local Facebook group. She was, She's in Georgia, too. She's, like, in the next town over. Okay. Um, and she, like, went to school to be, like, a paralegal or something like that. So she knew how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And 
It was just so great. It was so thank That's oh, <laughs> that's amazing when it just clicks too, and where they where yeah. when they get it, when they get what they exactly mm-hmm. what they need to do, and it just works. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. She's great. Man, it's so crazy. Like, I don't think a lot of people think about, like, the dark side of going viral. You know, like, you think it's all good. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm sitting here buried under orders that I can't get. Like, it would take you months Mm -hmm. to get out. What was your most popular? Were people ordering, like, were your disco palms up at this point? Or what was was selling? Okay. Uh, The little pom-pom car hangers okay. and that um, macrame piece with the clear quartz crystal in it. It was like a medium, small size piece. Um, those two were my best sellers. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I don't really, I don't really make, well, definitely not the macrame. I don't really make that piece anymore. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like at that point, the little pom-pom car hangers, people saw them and saw how popular they were. And they were on Pinterest, too. And people were pinning that pin so many times. <sighs> and, like, I think, like, a few months ago or something, I was just like, these aren't really popping anymore. And I look on Etsy, and other people are making them for cheaper price. Right, so, right. I was just like, and I don't really talk about them as much anymore, either, so... I was just like, let them have it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I guess at that point, I was um, intrigued by Palm Palms because I don't know how, but Palm Maker has those really cute donut Palm Palm Makers. Mm-hmm. And I got two of them. And I was like, these are so cute. And, um,. I was just like, I have all this fiber. I have all this yarn. Let's try, like, get diving deeper into pom-poms. And what I love about them is that they are quicker, mm-hmm. but just as fun. Like, the process of just cutting one open and seeing how it looks, I love I know. Part. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. And um, I don't really know how um, disco... What was I? I think I. So, okay. During the pandemic, roller skates got really big. And, like, when you think of roller skates, you kind of think of disco balls because, like, in the rink, there's a disco ball there. And I came across disco balls. I think it was at Hobby Lobby. And I was just like, hmm. And one night, I just got out the shower, and I was just like, what if I put a pom-pom on top? <laughs> and that was basically how the disco pom came to be. That's awesome. You know, I feel like epiphanies always happen in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's either yeah. on the toilet I, or in the shower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the next day, I made one, and honestly, like, when like the pandemic was happening... I just wanted my space to be cute. I wanted it to yeah. have, like, disco balls and sun catchers in general, they have, like, a nice movement to them to create that in your space. Mm-hmm. And I love that. So, God, you're right. You're right. That's. I feel like everybody needed that. Everybody needed a little bit of sparkle mm-hmm. and a little bit of, like, sun prisms and this whole thing because we're all stuck yeah. in our houses. Like, and everyone's mm-hmm. scared because at this point, we don't know if it's, like, how deadly it is or all of that, you know? There were so yeah. many question yeah. marks. Ugh, I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, 
you know, pom-poms were like bay at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I got the idea to do a pom-pom on a, um, like the crystal, the sun catcher yeah. that makes like the rainbows and everything. And pom-poms just became like my, my thing. I love it. I think it's very fitting. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. you're obviously very smiley and, you know, bright person. And it's awesome. Like your feet is such a joy to come browse because it always looks like you're having parties over there. (laughs) (laughs) A party of one, maybe. (laughs) Or with with your puppy. Mm -hmm. If somebody wants to join, then... Welcome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yes, I definitely want to talk about this. Um, you're doing an online uh, online pom-pom course or what is it? You have a link yeah. to join the pom-pom party. So what is so, that? I basically put together um, – so it's an Instagram account. It's a private Instagram account because okay. I just wanted to dip my toe in creating a course. Um, and at the time I started it, I didn't have the money or I didn't want to invest in like Skillshare or just like making a website or anything. I just stuck to what I knew and that was Instagram. And my sister like helped me, you know, think logically about this because like you don't really think about people making courses on Instagram, but I was just like, let's just do it. Um, so the class has like seven tutorials on seven different pom-poms you can make, um, like using different materials and like pom-pom makers and things like that. Um, and there's the tutorials are IGTV based. Okay. And then there's like highlights I have there to, um, what is it? To basically explain like where I get my stuff and like tips and tricks and like it's just fun because I don't really have anybody here like in person that gets excited about like pom-poms like I do yeah. <laughs> or just like coming across materials and things like that and I was just like I really want to make a course and having passive income in a like like a niche that we're in it's so helpful because you don't Absolutely. have to constantly have something in your hand. Yeah. You can just create something and just like, you know, it's good. That's so. amazing. I'm I like I'm so glad you found a way to monetize in that way. That's absolutely like I feel like should be one arm of what so many makers should have is is a passive income uh-huh. opportunity or you know just create something mm-hmm. like that for themselves because making is wonderful but it's hard and it's time consuming so you know we yeah, all deserve exactly. some steady income and it if you know i think mm-hmm. that's like such a wonderful way to do it that's so smart to do it on instagram i wasn't even thinking cuz you it's like it's easier you know than having mm-hmm. to set up a full camera and then edit a thing and edit the videos and do this whole thing mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah, great. It was so, so much easier. And um, I could basically just tag at Juno's Palm Party and whatever. And they could just go there, DM me, and, like, the party just starts. Nice. <laughs> it's already there. Wait, so what happens? Yeah. If people go to your link tree, they can – it says, mm-hmm. come join the pom-pom par- private pom-pom party. So they click on that and then where do – or tap on that. And then where do they go mm-hmm. from there? Do they – So um, my link tree is kind of – so that's my PayPal link. Okay. Honestly, I should 
I should have, um, please stop. <laughs> what if he comes in um, with you? I, like, he is so, like, triggered by mailmen and everything like that. And then I have my baby here on the floor, and he's he's just entertained by my hands. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, actually, um, this is why I'm asking you to spell it out, like what happens when you go to the pom-pom party, because I, I think mm -hmm. people don't really get it. So it goes straight to a link mm -hmm. to your PayPal. So mm -hmm. it goes to my PayPal. Um, honestly, I should have a link like straight to Juno's pom, Juno's pom party in there. So I will do that. Um, but... I usually just say, like, DM me if you want to take part. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just send them the link and everything or the tag. Um, because there's different ways to pay. Some people are comfortable with certain things. Mm -hmm. So um, PayPal, Cash App, or Venmo. And, yeah. And how much is it to, to join your party? I need to, like, make it better. Huh? How much is it to join the party? It's $50 now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. It went up from last time because I added more stuff. <laughs> I wonder if it's um, I wonder if you can just do it like a link to your have it be an Etsy listing, um, mm. and then when Etsy emails the confirmation, it has all the information in there of where to go. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. then you're still getting the money, but then honestly, but then you're giving part of the money to Etsy, which is not mm. great. <laughs> which is not great. So, um, yeah. 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 I could um, honestly make like a landing page or yeah. something. Yeah. I think it so. could be easier. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. I think just with more explanation, explaining what people are going to get out of it. Because um, mm -hmm. I wonder, mm -hmm. like, don't people wonder, like, oh, I'm paying $50 for what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, um, I do have like a palm class highlight in my, like, um, like Juno, our mm -hmm. Juno studio. And I do talk about it, but I don't want to burn people out talking about it, you know? Um, yeah. I do have in my bio, like, um, Juno Palm, Juno's Palm Party and there. Mm -hmm. um, See, but I, th I don't think everybody knows what that is. I don't know if people know mm -hmm. that they're going to learn how to make them and, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think you got to spell things out. Yeah. And as much as we yeah. do think people are getting burnt out by hearing the same thing over and over again, they're actually not hearing it over and over again. Like they're going to they're going. It, I'm serious, though. It's like, um, you know, we talk about it all the time to ourselves and in mm -hmm. our own world. But they're probably coming across your page, you know, once every who knows, especially with the way Instagram That's is true. working. It's not it's not every day. It's not every post. Um, so sometimes you mm -hmm. got to drill it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, so, I know you don't be afraid yeah, of self promotion, I, and I say this because I sometimes feel like I need to be better at it as well. But we, you know, <laughs> we gotta do it. Mm -hmm. It's it's part of the job, you know. Yes, it is, and I try to make it fun sometimes. Well, I try in general to make everything like I talk about fun with like the colorful backgrounds and just like you know. Because I would pay attention to that. Yeah. So, yeah. I try my best. 
<laughs> it's great. No, it's great. I know your 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 feed is a joy to watch. Um, and right now, are you you're doing this part time or you have a full time job, right? Or you have a, a separate part time job? I have a full time. I have a full time job now since um. So Stephen, he moved out, bought a house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am um taking care of me and. Like, he's still, like, very much, like, here helping. It's a weird thing. It's good. It's <laughs> but, good because uh, you obviously still care about each other. And you think that's good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Um, so I got a full-time job. I'm a leasing consultant right now. Um, and then I still do Gino. I feel like Gino is not going anywhere. But right now, I feel like I'm in a transition with Gino of – not really wanting to make as many or as much product. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wanting to like speak more about my story and my mindset um, with different topics. Mm-hmm. And I just want to help more. You ha- have you taught classes, like in-person classes? I have. I taught a uh, weaving class at my local art center. Nice. That was really fun. Um, and they just like reach out to me if there's a class I want to teach in it or anything like that because that class I actually subbed in for somebody that couldn't make it, and um, it was actually really good. I was nervous because you know I don't really weave that much, but. It went really well. Nice. Really That's well. awesome. I mean, even the pom-poms, yeah. I feel like, would be such a hit because they're – you don't need any – much equipment. You could probably – you can do it with kids. I feel like kids can make yeah. them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, honestly, I feel like you could bring, like, the pom-pom joy everywhere. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. I really want to. Um, yeah, that's something to definitely think about, like, in the future. Yeah. That would be so fun. Well, if you could have your dreams come true in the next five years, how how would that look to you? What would you be doing, you think? Um, it might be, like, weird to say. It's, I don't know if it's weird to say. But honestly, I would really like to um, be, like, a creative coach. Is that weird? No, that's not weird at all. Why would that be weird? <laughs> I think that's awesome. I don't know because, like, I'm, um, I don't know, I'm very much, like, I love the products I make. Like, I love the products. Um, but I want to create more um, freely, mm-hmm. not worrying about launches and making enough and ordering, um, you know, like, the supplies and everything like that. Yeah. So, but I really like to, like, I know sometimes with selling and everything like that, it can feel, like, really crunchy, like, anxiety and all this stuff, but, um, and it, know, and it like becomes I, so much more of a business. It takes a lot of joy out of it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. And, um, I don't know, I just want to talk about like keeping that joy and mm-hmm. if you don't enjoy making something it's okay to not make it yeah and just a lot of thoughts that I think of when I was going through a tough time that I feel like I can help and relate and things like that 
Yeah, I think that is definitely something people need to hear um, for sure is like how to how to say no, um, that it's mm-hmm. okay to say no, um, you know, that you can phase things out and you're not you're never yeah. required to continuing continue doing something that doesn't bring you joy. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think it's okay. a wonderful message. And like, you, you know, I don't I don't actually I. I stay off Instagram more a lot more than I should. Like I should be on more and following more people and looking at wa- watching people's stories. I actually don't watch a lot of stories at all. Um, <laughs> and if I do, it's like dogs, like dogs and horses. Yes! I have like a whole yes! separate account for like dogs and horses. <laughs> and I should be like following all the makers and da da da. But like yeah, but that is something I think would be wonderful. You can, you maybe you do already in your stories. You talk about like mm-hmm. things like this that that um you know things you want to let people know. Um, yes, I do do it like sporadically, like here and there, one B two C. But um, I do want to talk about it more um, because you know fiber art in your business, like it should be fun. Like nobody's making you do this; mm-hmm. you're choosing to. So why choose to do something that you're not enjoying mm-hmm. or letting like this outside? like negative energy or I don't know it can just feel really like I just want to make my stuff and have a good time and you know make some money like that's all so yeah (laughs) I think that's a wonderful goal to have and the creative coaching is is great you know um keep moving toward it and you can make things happen for sure I think you have a unique perspective in terms of like um in terms of how it your business developed and and exploded you know all at the same time and um you know i hope you'll re uh re-engage with therapy if you feel called to do that because you do gotta process all of that hard stuff you know and and i think in processing that it does help in terms of like what you learn and what you can coach other people on as well so Um, you know it'll open up doors for sure I think my thing with that is um I need to find the right person yeah 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 that's that's 100% like the thing and that's the hard that's like the hardest part about it is finding Mm -hmm. someone that you can sit across and not roll your eyes at (laughs) yeah Cindy oh my gosh oh (laughs) I was actually assigned a therapist at one time, like, from the Bay. Mm-hmm. Did not like her. And yeah. then I actually, like, tried um, doing, like, a group thing. And it was just not, um, how do I explain it? It was very sad. Yeah. And it was very sudden, uh, me jumping into that, like, um, definitely, like, right after finding out, um... But, you know, I tried it for, I think, I think it was like a meeting once a week. I think I went to like three of them out of like the, I think it was like the six or seven meetings. And it was just so sad. Like, I did not feel my mom's energy with me while I was in there. Yeah. And I just felt like uh, that's not it for me either. Yeah. And eventually, I, I, I did want to find like the right person. Hopefully, I'll just come across them <laughs> because looking is so overwhelming. It is. I know. Have you ever tried like, um, I, I don't know, I hear it on other podcasts, BetterHelp, so you can just do it online. It's like online therapy. And mm-hmm. then you can try out different people. And 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I heard about that. It's an option. Yeah. Honestly, I forget. I forget. <laughs> I know. I know. It doesn't feel like a priority, right? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Until I'm just, like, sad about it. Yeah. So, Do you and your sister talk it about it? And Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm super – I talk to her, like, every day, like, three, four times a day. Oh, that's good. That's good. You are so, close. <laughs> yes, they're super close. And I'm just happy that I have somebody that reminds me so much of her. Like, we remind each other of her. So it's like, oh. you know, her energy is definitely still here. Um, but, Yeah. I am definitely, I do want to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad you have your sister. And, um, yeah. yeah, you know, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. This has been such a fun, like a great conversation. Like, um, you know, I didn't know completely what to expect since I don't stock every square of yours. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got to know so much. And I think the people listening are going to be, uh, really fascinated with all you've been through in your life. It's really interesting. Um, I had no idea you had you served in the military. None of this, because all we see really? are just like happy palms, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wait yeah. a minute, what? And then what happened? Yeah. So yeah. this is wonderful to get to know you better. I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on. Um, I'm happy you reached out. Oh. You reached out. I was like, me. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm so happy you reached out. It was fun. Good. Um, is there anything else you want to mention before we say goodbye? Um, no, that's about it. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much again, Sierra. Uh, and I know I will be seeing you on Instagram. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me about anything. You know that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I definitely do. I'm always messaging you about colors. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I just feel like for people, like, once you've been on the podcast, we podcast, we like know each other and we're fully friends now. So, you can always, yeah, yeah you're, you're in the family. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. I'll be talking to you soon. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on neuromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the fiber artist podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.